0: Ruto here. I'm jumping in for a pre-show intro. Felt really good at the time I recorded this interview to just jump into my questions with my guest, Lucy Brooking. So before I give you the juice, I'm here now to let you know this sweet friend is a wonderful soul here in Aotearoa. So giving, such a wonderful person to know. I highly recommend you engage with her whether it's ordering her specially and carefully sourced cacao, her online meditations or in person circles, or working with her directly as a certified innate postpartum care provider and full believer in the abilities of a woman's knowing when it comes to pregnancy, birth and motherhood. This kaleidoscopic set of skills are what Lucy and I step into. And it's a state of timelessness to talk about motherhood as it was, can be again, an entwined web of community, as she puts it. These messages are not just for mothers, and they are important truths I really needed to hear. I wish that I'd heard before my own kiddo, but now more than ever, I want all people to hear this so whether or not you are a future parent current parent or friend and supporter of new mothers this is great content to behold so enjoy welcome to the rudo love podcast a series of interviews and anecdotes tailored for the inquisitive souls of today <laughs> Today I have with me Lucy Brooking. She is a dear friend that I've carried in my heart, even if we have not been able to spend the last couple of years together. So this is both a recording and also a reconnection. And I was just saying before I hit record that the actual experience of being in holding space with her again and being able to... Talk about the things that we are both so deeply passionate about that overlap is such a gift. And I cannot wait to go on this journey with Lucy today. So, without further ado, welcome Lucy of Cacao Keeper and Birthing Between Worlds. I've actually potentially just mucked up because it's Birth Between Worlds. <laughs> So apologies, Lucy. (laughs) I want to welcome you to the
1: show. Welcome to the Rudo Love Podcast. Thank you, Rudo. It is yeah, such an honor
0: to be here as we were just talking about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, in your writing, you describe the realization you had that there was a gaping hole in postpartum education. I agree entirely. I'd also add that women's holistic health has been left out of mainstream curriculum. But let's delve into what you have seen as some of the most critical points that families need to know about birth, afterbirth. Mm, I love this. And to just give some context, I
1: have a one and a half year old son. And before being a mama myself, I had some really close friends going through mother or becoming mothers. And my older sister as well. And I remember when my elder sister had her first baby and he's almost six. I'm not going to do the maths. <laughs> <laughs> I had just no idea what it all involved and in the complexities of having a newborn and becoming a mom and the huge identity shift and all that is involved with mm. that whole thing. And I looked back and I said to Alice, I'm so sorry for how I was and just the obliviousness to what she needed ideally and the support. So yeah, it was when I was pregnant myself that I learned, absorbed, was immersed in this whole world and... I when I was pregnant I didn't really look too much into the whole like labor and birth itself I was more like ah postpartum I know that this is a time that we're just not prepared for and Mm. I've now I had now heard stories that there it is really challenging and Mm. there's you know your life is turned upside down in a way and so yeah, I dived into books such as The First 40 Days and The Golden Month. Mm. And these two books I just absorbed super quickly. And that was the initial seed of giving context to this time post birth. So I put more of my focus in pregnancy onto planning for my postpartum. And since then I've, I've learned. So much more, and have just more experience and lived experience, but yeah, that was a that was a real um eye opener I guess to to what this modern world mm. is that we're in, yeah. and I think as well, to give context, like let's look at a wider picture of what this modern world is for mothers and for women that mm-hmm. we uh, like we are so full on so many layers and wow, yeah. if we think back to ancient times, I know there's so much talk of, you know, it takes a village to raise a child and all of these things that terms and sayings that are thrown around quite a lot, but it's like, okay, if we look at the root of that, then yes, back in the day, back, back, back in the day, <laughs> we we were doing it together, and mm. the women were in a space that we would be doing our things, tending to ourselves and our children and our families together in the same space, in the same vicinity. One woman would cook while the other tended to her and her child, and breastfeeding was shared. And you know, so many tasks and roles were just entwined into a web of community.
0: I love that. Entwined into a web of community. How beautiful. <laughs> mm. So yeah, bringing
1: context to the, I guess, where we're at in this modern world, it does make it quite challenging for
0: mums. I would say so. Mm. Suburban sprawl means that we are further apart. So even just getting into a car and visiting can be a monumentous task when you are a new mum. Or knew anything, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally.
1: And then it's not a miraculous window of 40 days or six weeks. And mm. then you come out the other side and you're like, oh, I'm ready to get back to the old me. Like it's...
0: Uh, old you's gone. Old you's gone, yes. <laughs> First step one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> more an old you. Yeah. She no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we need to uh destructure so much of the structure that has been built up socially and and societally and contextually mm. to then recreate what is actually nourishing and needed for a mum a new mum and
0: ooh so what do you mean what is actually nourishing well i in the Uh, framework that i have learned
1: i studied with Rochelle garcia saliga of innate traditions cool shout out yeah she is amazing and such a well-lived woman and shares so many beautiful things but i did her uh, postpartum care provider training
0: is she taking on new clients new people
1: yeah so she has an intake every year and then it's a 10 month Um, wow yeah 10 month training 10 month yeah so that was my life last year nice (laughs) yeah awesome um so from that we come out with a framework in a way or we move through so much but there are five fundamentals to postpartum care Mm -hmm. warmth uh body work food community and rest.
0: Oh. Mm. Love that last one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I even like to put rest first. I mean, they're all it's they're not a, an order. Mm. They're all necessary. As you said, the web, right? Yes, exactly. And um, I was also drawing the parallels the other day. I remembered the how order mm-hmm. um framework and which is like a house structure and then on the bottom is community. Mm and that's the foundation. Absolutely. And similar to this, community is the foundation for all of these pillars to stand on. Mm. Because we can say, "Oh yes, rest as much as you can, eat the nourishing food, bring yourself warmth to your body and your womb, um and have appropriate body work." But doesn't your mum do all of that for herself? Like no. Not without Other hands. Correct. Picking up the other things. Correct, yeah. like A new mama is not in the appropriate space to be in the kitchen two days post-birth, like cooking up a warming, nourishing meal for herself, and then initiating body work, and then like bringing warmth to her body, wrapping herself up, doing a steam, all of these things. And I remember in my um, immediate postpartum, I had these tools, like I, I have a practice of doing a Yoni STEAM and I have the the knowing and the tools and, and the foundations, but yet I still got to this point about eight weeks postpartum and I m- moved through grief because mm. I was like, oh, I'm coming to the end of this time where I can really validly ask for it. Oh, wow. And ask for the – to receive, you know, sit back and like, yep, and just be, uh, quote, unquote, given this care. Yet I hadn't. And I had all these tools, but I hadn't done a steam. I hadn't, you know, done a sitz bath with the herbs that I had. I hadn't wrapped myself up. And what I realized then was this – really important component of community Mm. and that's what I that's like the missing piece that I had because yes I had friends around me and my partner off from work but I hadn't prior to birth almost given instructions or desires like this is what I want and this is what I'll need and I wasn't in the space with my newborn to then initiate and ask it was it just felt like too much right because I already had to initiate all the things just to keep myself and my son alive and so yeah this it's almost like I was waiting for someone else to take initiative to here let me set up a steam for you right while you're sitting down feeding let me rub you with some warm oil yeah and it was grief on that I hadn't that hadn't happened, mm. but yet I knew these tools. And so then I thought, wow, if if me who is equipped with these tools still doesn't have that, like, wow, a family or a woman that A, doesn't even know the tools or have a regular practice with them, like, it's so hard.
0: Agreed. Oh, how how beautiful that you started this story with saying that you apologized to your sister for not knowing this before. Can we take a moment to kind of unpack that a little bit to be fair to you that, like it's beautiful that you were able to apologize to her, but also you can absolutely understand given the societal context, given the lack of education or the lack of messaging, clear messaging around motherhood that of course that happened. The The hand-me-down practices, if they're not there, of course you didn't know until you dug deeper yourself. Um I, I'm doing this for myself as well right now. I'm saying I, f- I forgive myself mm. for not being able to do that for every single person that I've ever known has just given birth. Like my heart is jumping out of this desire to set a wrong right that we can go and look after our, our women. Um, so I forgive myself. <laughs> for not having um, the tools to do that so I'm really excited to learn and be more conscientious and more intentional uh, especially in the Steiner community that I'm in there are parents in I am's class that are that have just given birth or have recently given birth and I'm thinking to myself I really need to ignite the teachings that you have and and walk the walk myself with this Mm. so thank you for initiating this discussion because i think we've all kind of dropped the communal ball at some point
1: yeah and it's that thing again like we don't know what we don't know Mm. and that can be said for so many things like even walking with someone through a grief or a heartbreak it's like we don't really know how to be with that person unless maybe we've been through it ourselves or received that same mm. support. And yeah, like you said, it's exactly the same with, uh, being with women post-birth and with my sister. Um, she, I was 21. Yeah. 21 when she first had her son and my life was I was traveling for a few months and then back to New Zealand for a few months and then traveling again, and, you know, I was absorbed in my life. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, we, we, don't, we don't know these things. So, yeah, compassion again to myself that, yes, I, I hopefully did the best that I can in that time. But it was when I was then pregnant and Alice was sharing to me the challenges that were involved and all of that, it, yeah, it started to build this context.
0: Mm and i i was going to ask you a question actually about that the the kind of where's my question about it, it you've just made me realize that i had a question around that your birth between worlds experience and your your new birth experience and your cacao keeper realm they both have within them at the core of them fulfilling a need for both the earth and its creatures. Mm. Can we kind of talk about like the sensing of a need and filling it with these two practices? Mm, Yes, totally. So
1: birth, let's just give context again. So Cacao Keeper is my original business creation um, from sharing cacao for the past now six years. And that was just a pulling together of different sources of cacao from around the world to make it more accessible for Mm. us who love to drink cacao on a regular basis and connect with the earth in this way and also give homage to the wonderful farmers who are keeping these beautiful, natural, whole plantations alive. Yes. Um. So, yeah, that is an honouring of the – web of cacao farmers over the world and making it available to us here in New Zealand. And then through my journey of motherhood, I sort of webbed off into sharing mother's cacao circles. I love that. Again, from this need that there's so many of us who are in our journey of mothering and it is full, we are at capacity and we can sometimes feel alone in that, mm-hmm. but we still need to connect and give back to ourselves. Mm. And especially as the little ones get older, we go to play groups and go to music things and, you know, there's so much giving just for the kids. So this was my creation as a bridge between a playgroup and a ceremony that we couldn't take our kids to. Like I was craving that space again, and i haven 't been able to go to a yoga class in the evening or a ceremony in the evening because of how I choose to be with my son, so yeah, we have that space that is for us mm. or the moms, mm. and we share cacao when we share just real authentic no bullshit sharings mm. about how we are and
0: whatever that space creates. I mean, you're such an incredible space holder and you make some of the most delicious cacao. <laughs> and I've had a lot. <laughs> so it combo. just seems like a perfect marriage yeah. of your skill
1: sets. Mm, thank you. So, yes, as, as that evolved and the postpartum care evolved and my deep, uh reverence for birth and pregnancy and mothering i decided yeah we need to just diverge a bit and create another space uh in the interweb Mm. for that part of my mind and my sharings and that's where birth between worlds was born
0: do you know what that phrase brings up for me what's that the mycelium connection and that when we are connected, that there is a as below and so above energy that unites our worlds. And through communal connection and sharing of our stories, we're transcending the present moment and going into timelessness. Because there's just, that is what we have needed since the dawn of creation is connectedness and it's what we do best all living things (laughs) so it's just such a great phrase for your business because you're talking I'm assuming of the world that is very very insular you know the the connection between the being inside of your womb and then as it comes out into the world, you are transitioning your bubble of protection and widening this baby's world. You're widening their world. So now you are transitioning worlds in that moment. But also what you said to, there is like a standard way that we have come to experience motherhood and children at play. And I love that you are signaling that ritual and ceremony along with children at play can coexist. Like you don't have to keep them on the side. You can have all of these things in conjunction with each other. And in fact, I think that for my kiddo, for him watching me in ceremony and watching our community in ceremony and being inside of ceremony since day dot, he has such a reverence for what is sacred. Because of that, we haven't kept him from anything. Like that's, ah, ah, <laughs> I'm so so in love with what you are offering. Mm. Your your ritual and ceremony um, realms are just as I, I'm going to say just as important as they are to me. Like I know this deeply about you, that you have a reverence for ceremony. And, you know, you've gone all over the world to explore it, to encapsulate it in different cultures and different voices. Has your ceremony changed year by year or have your ceremonies remained much the same? Mm,
1: Beautiful. And I love um, that you touched on the importance of having the kids involved in these and when i think about that how my ceremonies have adapted and changed over the years like they've adapted and changed as i have mm. and and having that trust and ability to sort of transform mm. and self permission as well to transform and then own where i'm at and how i'm sharing and what i'm creating and Yes, they have changed.
0: Ooh. They have changed
1: over the years and
0: This is how long it's been since we've had so <laughs> much together.
1: <laughs> I feel like always at the core of me as a person is earth. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: like I'm I'm very much more drawn to the grounded the the hairness and the realness of this realm. Mm. And yeah, my spaces are more meditative and inward and settled as you probably remember from the, probably the Kakao meditations
0: would be the mm. ones you were mainly mm. at. Is that right? Yes. And um, this synthesis, this exploration into um, our bodies as women, um, we wrote letters to our wombs. Mm. Yes. Oh, that was such an incredible night at midnight baker you Yishu's back shed which had such a beautiful energy to it and then to be doing something for the i i hadn't directly looked looked at her at my womb space mm. postpartum until that moment mm, powerful
1: yeah and i would say now so even more we're doing things like that <laughs> especially with my work with mamas and with women and This goes hand in hand with my own exploration into myself again as a woman and as a mama. Mm. And it's it just evolves as I evolve. And sometimes I actually find it really hard to put into words with what it is and what, what is a ceremony space that I create. And, again, it's one of those things that really just needs to be felt. And I've also returned to the simplicity in that, it doesn't need to be anything mm. and and that ceremony can be anything with intention yes and it's that calling in of our own presence and our own devotion to life itself and that is the ceremony there's no rules and yeah i guess we're talking about generalized with certain things, there are like frameworks, but we mm. won't go there. Of course, there are things, but yeah, with what I'm sharing, it it's like life. Can, life is the ceremony, and with mothering itself and birth, definitely, it's it's the most like sacred ceremonial, transcending thing, and it is the most normal, mundane. Yeah, and we see pregnant people walking around everywhere and i remember when i was pregnant i would uh, think like does everybody else know what is going on inside me right now like oh, yeah. why aren't they all like this is the most magical thing ever like you are amazing <laughs> life is amazing and it's just like ah uh, you know it's normalized and mm. it's common mm. which yes of course and then yeah you you see someone that's has a newborn and it's like they just went through birth like what
0: it's insane what about the significance of the names for your business so cacao keeper came
1: to me after lots of meddling with names and I'm, I'm very much like a. Uh, it has to feel right, mm. and it's that feeling. Mm. And uh, um, I somewhat recently found my notebook when I from when I was like thinking of names and doing all my little drawings and um, name ponderings, and then I I had put down Cacao Keeper, and at the time. Um, I was more exploring this realm of how there is like a fire keeper at oh. a ceremony or, you know, there are these, there are like keep, a birth keeper and I didn't know birth keeper at the time.
0: I didn't either. That is the first time I've thought of that.
1: Yeah. So it was, I think that's the train that I was going down and then it was just cacao keeper and ah, it it just felt like, yeah that's what it is
0: oh my
1: god yeah and then birth between worlds I I had a few other names come to me and that was the biggest thing that I was kind of pondering over for a while and I had some and it was like yeah that's nice it makes sense but I didn't have that feeling yeah and then I was thinking about the and you were talking about this before like Mm. sort of the meaning behind birth between worlds and for me, there's that element of that altered state we get into. Oh, yes. In birth. It is. Yes, totally. <laughs> and no matter how you birth or where you birth, that state is – it happens just through our bodies and – Your physiology of Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that is – yeah, that's kind of the essence of birth between worlds and then this component of we have our we have our reality before we have our child, mm-hmm. our maiden self. Mm. We have that reality and sometimes we think this is it. Mm. <laughs> and then we have our child and we become a mama and it's a whole new world. And you often don't know what that world will be like until mm. you're there. And so it's this honoring that, yeah, we're all part of the same continuum, but it's, it's really just a different phase of ourself and and honoring that there is these different, there are these different phases Mm. of what our world and our reality is.
0: You were speaking to the kind of curriculum that exists or the frameworks that exists. Did you want to talk a little bit about some of the Packaging up of the things that you do with people in that space, or is that something that you like to kind of hold on to as the people come to you?
1: Yeah, I would say
0: it's uh, always individualized because cool. each
1: family no, is yeah each family is so unique, and uh, of course there are the foundations as I mentioned of uh, appropriate postpartum care if we're talking about postpartum work. Mm. Yet each family has its own dynamics and its own structure and what what, so true. what might work for one might not work for the other. So, so
0: true, right? Yeah. Like we always get told like do it this way, do it that way. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what is really important I find with uh, walking with families and women through pregnancy, birth and beyond is it's not that care provider – dynamic which can often be hierarchical it's coming in as walking as a sister as a friend and as someone that knows you intimately in terms of your uh day to day habits and I feel like that's what is coming back into almost this healthcare system that mm-hmm. we're in um so yeah for me walking with families, it's, it's more of that. I like, I want to know you. I don't want to just prescribe you something to Mm. follow and that it's not a one size fits all. It's yeah. Let's like, let's know you and let's tailor this to you. And, and I'm coming, you coming, walking with you at the same level. And that's something I'm just linking back to um, cacao. and ceremony as well. It's like when we're sitting in circle, we're all at that same level. It's not, I'm a facilitator and I know everything. It's no, we're all here together and we're learning from one another and we're walking this life together. It's, it's not a, yeah, it's not a hierarchy.
0: I've been hearing stories of the power of just listening to someone uh, without inserting the shoulds, the I think or I hear you saying this or um, well, you know what, you should reframe. You know, in, instead of all of the normal trappings of active listening, which are around response, instead being just in the state of listening, just in the state of witnessing and for me as a as a talker, as a problem solver, as a you know emeshment kind of relational kind of leaning, the art of just being present and just listening to someone, I I can't think of a skill set that is more crucial at this time to just listen to people. Totally. And observe them mm-hmm. as they are. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you must be so so fucking good at this by now (laughs) you were already so good at just being present and not trying to steer anyone in any direction Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so my god the fact that you've landed in this role this is like a superpower of yours (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and it's that reminder that we all
0: know like
1: We all know what we need in ourselves, and we are our own medicine. (gasps) But having someone, like you said, to just witness and listen and hear and to see us without interjecting anything Mm. like that is so powerful. And when we think about birth, that is like that's at the crux of it. We just need to observe birth, we don't need to interfere with birth or put it on a timeline or on anything. Like when the woman is reflected trust and is held in that space, then she knows she has the capacity and it and it happens
0: mm. yeah <sighs> This has been a really, really incredible river of information. I want to make sure that we've covered the things that you wanted to talk about as well, is there um, an aspect of your current narrative, your current existent, or your current offerings or practice that you wanted to make sure that we covered? I
1: would just love for every woman birthing person to just really harness the the capacity that they have in themselves and to, know who they are in their abilities and trust and like yeah I just I just really hope that every every person is is held in that web that we've been talking about and and has it and and lives it and breathes it and yeah just be is being in their own medicine and state.
0: Mm. Are there symptoms or you know common behaviors that you've noticed when someone is not in that state when someone when you can tell when someone's not being held fragmentation of the mind i
1: would say is as common in so many of us whether we're uh going through pregnancy or birth or postpartum or not and I would say, unfortunately, that is kind of a byproduct of this modern culture
0: mm.
1: where we can be quite fragmented. And, mm. um, yeah.
0: Can you explain a little bit further what you mean by fragmented?
1: I don't like to pathologize things or put labels on, um, but maybe to give context, uh anxiety, depression, postpartum depression and disease. And yeah, I, I don't like to simplify them down to those labels because I feel like it's so much more complex. Mm-hmm. But for me, that is that uh, manifestation of fragmentedness within our own being. And, and if we think about our center line as our pillar, It's like, whether we're living in that or not, and we might feel a bit off-center or a bit ungrounded or, yeah, mentally
0: messy. Yeah, yeah. Nope, that makes complete sense. I appreciate what you're saying around our tendency to create labels for things that um, I feel like they have their use in the sense that if you have a community of people or there's like somebody who's in your immediate support network who doesn't see you struggling to have some extra like familiar words. Cause I feel like mothers have come to the, you know, to the microphones saying I've experienced uh, postpartum depression, uh, which flies in the face of how you might perceive me because I'm a public figure. I'm just thinking of the of the women who have been uh sharing their stories when they have like a high profile, and I think the familiarity of what damage a woman can go through when she is out of alignment. I love that you simplified it too. You have this po this center line, and you are either in it or you're off it, and you just you just know that brings us back into our own self regulation I know when I'm off mm. yeah,
1: and like you said, this common uh framework for those words uh it does make it more relatable and and give context to someone who might not know that, so yeah there is like you said, there is value for these terms
0: yeah it's a it's a balance, it's a struggle i can i'm on i'm on of two minds of the, of the use of popular terminology, but I think when it becomes a buzzword and it loses its meaning, it does Mm -hmm. remove us from the actual experience of being in it. Yeah. And uh,
1: maybe it's this um, more subtle thing of, okay, maybe someone does say, I have or had postpartum depression. It's then what happens if it's like, oh, well, um, maybe you should look at getting some, uh, like, medications Mm. or – it's like oh like don't
0: go there first yeah
1: it's it's like what what do we then do with that information once we have a label or a a form to it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah there's a whole treasure chest as you were saying lucy that you had this this whole um tool belt of things that you knew would be good for you and having some like a a a well-slept, saner version of yourself who knew everything that you knew to go side-by-side with you, building back up the tools, back up the frequency, back up the the practices. That's what you want to make sure that all of us have. And that's like the takeaway from why we're here is, hey, these are incredibly obvious things, but you're not in an obvious state when you are in this altered existence. And whether you are a person who has given birth or someone in your immediate family has given birth or someone in your support network, the role that or the opportunity that you have to take on some of what Lucy has put into practice, put into this incredible package, take it on, take it to the next level. That's what I'm giving myself in this moment is, okay, I'm ready to be a better extra mother tree to the other mother trees that are around me.
1: You put that so perfectly, Rudo. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: That's gorgeous. Yeah. <sighs> Did you want to say anything else? I have some questions for you, but I just wanted to make sure that we've got um, – Anything else that's on your mind? No, I'm I'm happy to (laughs) flow with your question. You look so magical. Can I just say, we're recording in my studio and there's like this um, jungle of leaves around Lucy and it's creating like this halo, this cloud of green behind you. Mm. I could not imagine a better background for you. (laughs) (laughs) Sun streaming in the window, you're luminous. (laughs) <laughs> this is magical. It's a divine space. <laughs> okay, Lucy. I have some questions I like to ask people for my podcast. Uh, the first one, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Given the opportunity to spend a day with any version of yourself, from the past, from the present, future, what would you choose? <gasps> I
1: would choose me as a grandma oh i love that yeah i've been feeling that recently i was maybe around a grandmother and i was thinking ah, oh, it's gonna be amazing to be a grandma Word. yeah so me as a grandma love that whether oh. i have actual grandchildren or not doesn't matter just me and my crone that's what it is yeah me and my crone oh.
0: I have this feeling I'm going to be a really grumpy and, like, vaguely scary crone. Do you you feel like you're going to be, like, serene and calm? One can only hope, right? (laughs) I can't picture you grumpy at all. (laughs) I'm sure you have your moments. You've just protected me from them. Um, The other question is, oh, I'm very inspired to ask you... A question that I used to ask. It was like last season's question. I my my mama read this article in Time magazine that said that learning another language contributes to you being a better person. So, is there a word in another language or a phrase that you that has deep meaning and import for you?
1: The first thing that came to my mind, and yeah, I, yeah. I don't speak another language. I have dabbled in Spanish, um, but this is in Spanish and it's, it's mi vida and it's my life. Mm. And um, I will say that to my son, Ronan. I'll be like, I don't know. It'll come out if I'm referring to him and I, yeah, I just love that. It's, it's a. For me, it's that reminder that he's an extension of my life force and my energy, and it's that reminder that my life of my existence and my world is here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad I asked you that. That's just delicious. That reminds me of – a lot of Frida Kahlo's paintings she always had on the bottom, Viva la Vida.
1: Mm. Ugh. Yeah, Spanish. Yes. If there is a language I'm going to learn, it will be Spanish. And I have tried, but immersion. We've spoken about immersing ourselves in a Spanish-speaking culture. It will happen.
0: Oh, I know. I'm almost scared to say this while I'm recording, but I do have a feeling that I will end up in Mexico. Mm. See you there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I've just hit record on that one. (laughs) So how can um, our listeners engage with you, Lucy? Instagram
1: is kind of my place I'm hanging out. Uh, Cacao Keeper or Birth
0: Between Worlds. I will drop those in the show notes. Perfect. Okay. So I like to end my episodes with a little round of gratitude, you know, just like a Poetic homage to the current moment. It's not always the same, but currently uh, gratitude for ancestral knowledge that we are gifted through the wind in our bones, whispers in our ears, whispered on the mouths of the ones that we love. Gratitude for the eons of mothers before us and the eons of mothers coming in now and in the future. Gratitude for earth as a home, as a thing to protect, as a thing that nourishes us and creates balance and equilibrium and the actual elemental impact of being of earth and in our bodies. And thank you for the mother layers in our earth and in our skies. The stars and inner core of our heart. And thank you to dear Lucy, who has been a housemate, a friend, a witness, a creator, a guide, to so many, not just me. And thank you, dear listeners, and thank you to Bjorn, for the packaging up of this podcast that we have now done together. Lucy, do you have anything you wanna add to that? Mm. Gratitude
1: to the remembering and the reawakening. Mm. Yeah, and and gratitude to my partner Raj who has our son right now, giving me some space. And gratitude to you, Rudo. What a beautiful weaving this has been and so lovely to be in your space and your presence again.
0: Reunited. <laughs> Friendships reunited. Yeah. Okay, well, it's been a beautiful, beautiful time with Lucy. Um, check out the show notes for all the delicious links that I will put in there for you and be well, and stay tuned for another episode of the Rudo Love Podcast. Kakitea aho ia koutou.